0: Welcome to Break Free to Brilliance Podcast, where heart-centered entrepreneurs, visionaries and everyday heroes in your backyard are helping the world break free to live life more purposefully, one story at a time. I am Seema Geary, your host, an award-winning author, entrepreneur and holistic lifestyle strategist. Today's show is sponsored by Uplift Media. For strategies on how to break free to your brilliance and get your free gift, 10 Ways to Live a Dynamic Life, visit seemagiri.com. Welcome to Break feature Brilliance podcast. I'm so happy to be here with you today and thank you for tuning in again this week. Today we have a very special guest, Dr. Michelle Petticolos. Michelle, it's so wonderful to have you on our show today. Seema, thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to this. Of course, you know, we
1: go way back. So it's just really a delight to spend some time with you.
0: Same here. Well, we're going to get started with this amazing interview in just a minute. First, we're going to do our grounding exercise, a grounding meditation, so we can be totally here and present in the now for you. So let's close our eyes and take a few deep cleansing breaths. And exhale. And as you exhale, just let go of any tension, worry, or your thoughts of your next appointment and your next meeting. Just let all of that go. So let's take in another inhale. And exhale anything that you don't need right now. With your next inhale, I would like you to bring your attention to your heart. And you might wanna put your hand over there to bring your awareness to, And think of a happy moment. This can be from today, yesterday, or any point of time in your life, your favorite memory. And bring that into your awareness and relive it as if you're living it for the very first time. Experience the emotions, the feelings that you had, Experience who the people that were there. How did they make you feel? The joy, the bliss, and the peace. Take in a deep breath. Just take that in. Now I would like you to bring your awareness to your crown, the top of your head. And think of a second happy moment. Again, it can be from any time period of your life. And relive that moment as if you're living it for the very first time. Again, think of the emotions, the people that were there. How do they make you feel? How open was your heart? How content you felt? The peace, the bliss. Just breathe that in. And... With that, I would like you to open yourself up to what is possible. From our conversation conversation today, just think of what can be the possibilities that you can experience and that you can imagine and that you can create. I believe that we're all here together for a reason. Our time together is not a coincidence. So just open up your mind and your heart to what is possible and what is it that you may need to hear from us today or possibly you're hearing for someone else. I'll also ask myself and Michelle to open ourselves up to what is possible and to tune in to what our listeners may need to hear from us today. And let's take in another deep breath. And as we exhale, we can become totally present to the here and now and to each other together. And with your next breath, you can open your eyes with a great big smile. Okay. Well, our very special guest today is Michelle Pedicolas. And I would like to give a formal introduction of her, Dr. Michelle Petacolis is an international best-selling author, award-winning filmmaker, and founder of Second Chance Secrets, a professional training center that enables coaches, healers, and entrepreneurs to unleash their true brilliance so they can attract premium clients and make a difference in the world. For more than 25 years, Dr. Michelle has been helping people recreate their lives after loss through spiritual healing, psychosomatics, cognitive and gestalt psychology, coaching, speaking, art, films, and publishing. Her students are guided to use loss as a doorway to self-discovery and personal growth. She produced the award-winning three-part documentary series, Secrets of Life and Death, and currently leads many transformational programs including Second Chance Certification, which helps coaches, leaders, and entrepreneurs to create irresistible high-end coaching packages from their own healing journey. She is a featured author in Amazon bestseller Breaking Barriers and the international bestsellers Step Into Your Brilliance and Animal Legacies raised on the East Coast and earning her sociology, psychology, PhD in the Midwest, Michelle now resides with her husband in El Cerrito, California. Michelle, I am so excited to be talking to you today. What was called upon your heart from the the, um, meditation we just did? What was called upon my heart was that I would
1: reach, that my words today would reach the people who most need to hear me. And what also came into my heart was feeling really grateful that my life has evolved in the way that it has, that I can help people. And one of the recent things I have to help people is this healers connection where people can find out exactly who they need to reach out to, to help them with their specific issues. That I have reached a point where... There's enough for everybody and that it's important to help
0: people connect. And that's who I am. I'm a connector. Oh, that's beautiful. And I've known you for several years now, and I can definitely say you are a connector. (laughs) That's wonderful. So, Michelle, tell me, how does your coaching experience with grief and loss help you to address the social and emotional issues of COVID?
1: Well, of course, the social and emotional issues of COVID are that we have been isolated, socially isolated for over a year. And that has a huge impact on us that we are not even aware of because we don't really have a vocabulary in our culture for discussing how the body gets impacted. In working with people around grief and loss, I help people to break through, the, or not break through, but release the emotions that are involved in their losses. COVID of course has its own set of losses. It's at a different level. Although there are many people who have also lost loved ones in this time. I'm, I think you've lost some people. I've lost three or four people this year. And these were people that were close to me And yet it seems surreal in a way because maybe we didn't get to see them that last time. And so they're kind of like gone, but we haven't experienced it on a visceral or physical level. I can help people to address those kinds of losses because that's my expertise, but go beyond that and help them to see how that actually helps them to evolve that it's a gateway, a doorway
0: for them to go to another level. Wow, that's amazing. And I think it's so much needed because I think funerals are more for the living than for the dead because it provides you the closure. And when you don't have it in the COVID case, it doesn't feel real because we're all, all separated anyway we're all living you know um, in our own places anyway when you're experiencing death when you can't go to a funeral it kind of feels like maybe they're still there right it doesn't really hit that it's there unless you go to pick up the phone to give them a call and then you realize oh they're not there they're not going to answer <laughs> they're not going to answer yeah well the answer will go straight to voicemail <laughs> Well, what happens
1: in a funeral or in a memorial service is that a bunch of people share their story. and this, and now that person's story becomes closed. and that's the closure that happens when we all share and fill in the pieces of that person's life. And that has a very, very powerful impact on the individual. is, okay, now, they feel the closure and, and the whole ceremony is also part of the closure of releasing that person, recognizing what they did, how they contributed to the world, creating their story. And that's very powerful. But when you don't aren't able to do that, if, you, if that's delayed, well, you can eventually do it. Eventually, we hope that we'll get back in person and I've certainly known plenty of people who didn't do their memorial services for like a year after somebody died. And that's fine. The other way to do that is to do it on Zoom and to get a bunch of people on Zoom, each of them sharing their story. So that at least we get the story. It's not the same as being able to get those hugs. And I, that gets me into another little thing. Part of the whole grief and loss is that part of the grief has to do with breaking of a bond. And bonding is both mental, emotional, and physical. That is, we feel a connection, uh, a physical, energetic connection with that person. And when that bond is broken, it hurts it physically it it's draining, and so when you go to a to a gathering and you get the hugs and you get the attention and you get the kisses on the cheek, that's actually healing
0: that certainly is, and for our listeners, I would like to say like. Michelle, you just said that some people have had their memorial service after a year after a person has died. So it's okay to take your own time. You don't have to feel compelled that it has to be done right away. You can take your own time. You can still honor that individual in your own way. And you can do it through Zoom or whenever you are ready, where you can feel you can give a decent memorial, um, a due service to your loved one. This is not the time to have the, what society thinks is right. It's what is right for you and your family.
1: What I like about this day and age where we, we do
0: cremations is
1: that you have these ashes and you can, you can spread them multiple times. You can, you can do your ceremonies as often as you want and yes. you can gather with different people and, 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 and do it but not crazily not so that you stress yourself out because that's not the point the point definitely. is actually to to allow that emotions to the emotions to well up and to transmute
0: to release out of the body definitely so michelle what can people do when fear anger or defensiveness gets triggered by behavior of another person
1: well this happens in this COVID world because we're in a pressure cooker we're, we've been isolated for a long time and we lose our patience because it's not natural. Human being, this is not a natural situation for human beings. And so we do tend to get triggered. My go-to technique, and I'm actually going to offer a little free gift for people to use, is deep, is to take the deep breath. And this is, this is obvious because when you take a deep breath, you're stimulating the vagus nerve, which literally switches your body from the sympathetic nervous system, which is excitation to the parasympathetic nervous system. So this works really, really well to shift the energy. Now, if you're really upset, it might be, you might end up hyperventilating because you're so upset. And, and then I invite people to yell or get the emotion, especially anger. And you know, if, okay, you probably shouldn't do this when you're driving a car and start shouting at the people in the other car. But sometimes you need to do that just to get that energy out. Don't do anything crazy, just release the energy. And I'm If you don't go on with it, and here, this is the real trick, is the mind. If you start getting upset and then you let your mind jump in there and start fomating, or not the fomating, but um, uh, exacerbating it with your thoughts, then you won't be able to release the emotions. You just recycle them over and over again. And that's why people get stuck. They get stuck in anger because they keep on thinking about the same thing over and over again and why they're mad. And they go home and they tell somebody the story about what this person did to them. And then they're mad again. The trick is to allow that emotional energy to release in that moment. And sometimes I tell my clients, use gibberish because when you express the anger with the same vehemence in gibberish, then you're not re-stimulating the body. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, yes, it certainly does. And in order to do, do that, you need to allow yourself, I feel, allow yourself to feel the emotion in the moment, you're suppressing it, and we're like later, 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 and that just magnifies and amplifies your, your distress even more. Do you agree?
1: Well, one of the problems is that it doesn't go away. It gets stuck in the tissue. And if stuck in the tissue for a long time, it literally can make you sick. It, because when we're holding, we're literally using muscles in our body to hold those emotions. And that means that there is no flow or the flow is being trapped and blocked. And blocked energy causes disease. So that's one of the reasons you want to let that
0: energy out. You don't want to hold on to it. And because it's already in your body and your muscles and your tissues, that's why you get triggered, too. Is that right? Uh, well, sometimes I find that the universe, when we're stuck, will
1: send us a trigger to help break us open. Yes. That's happened to me. You know, you're, you're, and, and it's a habit to hold our emotions. We're brought up that way. We're brought up to be good girls or good boys and not to get angry, especially little girls, not supposed Mm -hmm. to get angry, Uh, be polite, be nice, uh, and certainly don't grieve in front of people because that will make them uncomfortable. And so you're holding this, all this emotion in, and it's exhausting because it actually takes energy to hold that that emotion in.
0: And I can totally relate with that, Michelle, because I am the product of holding in emotions, not expressing, not releasing. And I became bedridden with three types of autoimmune issues. Uh And let me tell you, listeners, that is not fun. Being in chronic pain, being dependent on others, being on like 30 medications, what I had to go through. You don't want to do that as difficult as it is, as hard as it is. You need to really feel the emotion when you have it and then release it. And of course, you want to do it in a contained environment. What we've done in our family is just let us know, let the other people know that I'm frustrated. I'm just going to scream and let it out. So don't worry. Everything is fine. Or we all are there with the with them or with each other to support each other go through that and just let it out and it's it's uh, the best thing you can ever do because then you're done with it and it's out it's true it's really true and for years i repressed my emotions
1: too because i didn't i didn't see the purpose of it because every you know i was supported for not expressing my emotions yes Uh, but ultimately it's it, it does it's a disservice however i've i've Met a lot of people that are so shut down that they aren't even aware. And when you shut down your emotions, you're also shutting down other sensory nervous uh, nerve endings so that you actually lose connection with your body. And this is really, really important because if you're not paying attention to your body, you're missing valuable signals from your body about what's working and what's not working. And then, of course, you you just, you just ignore, you ignore, you ignore until the body just turns up the volume until you're, you're in a chronic illness or you're in a serious life-threatening illness.
0: And so you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. And then you're also not connecting with anyone else. You're not experiencing that love. That's you're, right. not experiencing you're not experiencing that
1: love, joy, happiness. Yeah. In fact, that it often leads to depression because when, when you're, you're literally depressing or repressing all your feelings, there's no meaning, there's no um, joy, there's no excitation because you've you've put yourself in that neutral zone.
0: And then that means that you are not living and that's no way to live. As I like to, we have this wonderful life
1: and it's really short. I don't know if you've noticed how fast the time is going. Obviously, every time I turn around, it's Monday and then it's Friday. It's like, how does that happen? (laughs) You want to make the most out of this amazing human adventure.
0: Yes. And it is possible to create your life by design, and that's by making sure you feel things. So what can one do Michelle about the negative thoughts that come up about personal safety, the trustworthiness of the government and you know the economic recovery?
1: So those are those are also trigger points and we can we if we have a habit of going into those negative places it's easy to fall down that rabbit hole and I still fall down that. And then what you notice is that it doesn't make you feel good. It makes you feel hopeless, victimized, angry. But it's just a trick of the mind. So some of the things I do is I have go-to places to read that will shift my mindset. Or I have phrases that remind me to shift. Sometimes you need to work with somebody to practice that until you become good at that. And oftentimes we're unaware of how negative we are on a daily basis because it's a habit. And and a lot of other people are doing the same thing. It has a really negative effect on your body, especially when you're directing that negativity towards yourself. But if you're directing it towards others... Well, I don't know how much you believe in the law of attraction, but I feel like you're actually putting energy out there to create more of that negativity. So if you, when you get to the, the higher levels of consciousness, you have compassion for everybody out there. You, you have compassion for the government, for the people who are in the government. You have compassion and you surrender to or, or have acceptance for what is it takes practice to develop that mindset and practice all the time, especially if there is something that's triggered you and you're really, you know, when that, this body is triggered, it, it lets releases a whole bunch of hormones in your body. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to rein that in. It's a little bit like reining in a very angry horse and you're pulling it back and you're pulling it back. And yet with practice, you actually can develop the capacity to shift very quickly, but it takes practice and it helps if you work with a coach that can help you to see when you're doing it and to give you
0: practices that will help you to develop new habits. Exactly. And I think working with a coach is a great idea because they see your blind spots. You know, you don't know, you know what you know, and you don't you know what you don't know, but you don't know what you don't know. And that's where the coach comes in. Right. Go ahead.
1: And, well, and they're also they're seeing you from uh, they're not attached. they're not uh, going to be triggered by you like your spouse might be. And they will hear it because they, they've been trained to be sensitive to that. So when they hear that, when they hear the negativity, and they say, well, so for example, you know, I'm always asking my clients, what do you have to celebrate this week? Mm. And that's a habit every week. What do you have to celebrate? And they're like, oh, no, not again. <laughs> and then you'll notice that they'll start talking about this negative stuff. And they'll say, wait a minute. We're talking about celebrations. Oh, right. Celebrations. Yeah. What is, what's good in my life? Because that's the habit is what's good in my life. What's going well? And when you do that, it actually affects your body. It makes you feel more uplifted. It, you
0: feel better. You are more energized. It feeds your soul. Yes, and knowing that everyone is doing the best that they can at whatever level they are at. This, you know, no one was prepared for COVID. No one had the time to plan, it just happened. So just like us, everyone in the government officials and and the White House and wherever else, you know, they're at, they're doing the very best that they can with the resources and information that they have. They're also humans. They're also going through their emotions.
1: So you made a really good point. It's one of the other things that I, of course, teach my clients is how to change the story. Yes. So we have stories about, I mean, with our spouses, with our friends, with the, with the government, we have stories about how they are and how unfair they are or how like the story that we have is that the local police are really lazy and they don't really, they don't really protect us. We spend all this money and they don't protect us. Well, that's not a very helpful story, is it? It doesn't make you feel safe. It doesn't make you feel good. It actually makes you feel angry and resentful. Well, you don't even know that that's true, do you? You don't know, know what they're doing. They may be exerting some sort of calming energy. They may not, but they why go there? What, does that help me? Does that change anything? Does it make me feel good? No, it makes me feel cheated. Well, Do I need to feel cheated? Do I need to feel in that place? Let me think about a different story, which is maybe they're doing the best they can. Maybe if I send them energy, my energy, and encourage them to do the best they can, to be the best they can, that will actually help.
0: Yeah, it works. It actually works. (laughs) Um, For our listeners who are just joining us, we are talking about managing change in a post- COVID world. And so far, what we've covered is to, you know, there's a lot of fear going on, We're, we've had so many losses. And the best thing we can do is to experience and feel the pain as they're occurring. Don't, don't push it off, don't push it down, because it's going to catch up with you later. You, if you push it down long enough and far enough, you can get physically sick and get diseased. So we're just talking about ways of how you can prevent all of that and how to handle the fear that's coming up uh, right now during the COVID. We're still experiencing that and how to manage all of that. I have
1: a story I want to share that's really related to this. It just came up and it's really um, it's interesting. So my husband and I went away for a little uh, for a couple of weeks, just two in April, I guess. And we have this large truck that we use for a construction project. Well, we hadn't used it in a long time. So finally, my husband said, I better start it up because it's, you know, its battery is going to run down. He starts it up and it makes a huge amount of noise. He's like, what? And he looks under and this big long pipe is missing from from between the engine and the muffler. And he says, (laughs) Why did anybody steal that? And hes he was very upset. He felt very violated. You know, it's like, why would somebody do that? Like take an old rusty pipe? Well, it turns out. So he called the police the next day and they said that these thieves are stealing catalytic converters because of certain um, rare minerals or rare um, uh Thing, resources that are in the catalytic converters. And the police said that they are getting something like 10 calls a day. And that's just in the little town of El Cerrito.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So first of all, if you have a Prius, be careful. And I think there are certain um, devices that you can put in that make it hard for them to steal. I'm sure it's not cheap, but I don't know how much catalytic converters cost. We haven't repaired it. We figure the thieves are out there waiting for us to change it so they can steal it again. So so there's, there's that first, that uh, sense of violation of, of d- anger and despair. But then when we discovered that there were whole, this was happening to everybody, it was like, oh, I guess the term psychological term is called relative deprivation. When you realize everybody else is getting hit, too, it's like, oh, okay. so we just have to figure out what we can do to prevent them from stealing from us. Well, of course, one of the first things we did was we went ahead and put collision insurance on the truck, which we hadn't. We thought, well, you know, the truck's old. What what difference does it make? It's big. It's huge. It's who cares if it gets dense. We didn't ever think that people would actually steal parts off of it.
0: So I mean I'm that how do you even prepare for that, right? It's like COVID. How do you even prepare for that? Because that's you would never ever think that someone would go under the hood to steal something like that. Wow, no, crazy. well, and they actually went under the under the truck, underneath.
1: Yeah. They didn't go under the hood, they went under the okay. truck, and the truck is really high, so it's really, really easy for them to go under there. Therefore, um we have, to, we have to do something about it. And it's just one of those things that you, it's it's one of the artifacts of the COVID of people not driving as much. Maybe mm-hmm. they don't even realize it's happened until like three or four or two days, weeks later because they aren't driving. And uh, because I think there is some desperation out there too,
0: you know? Yes, yes. So I think the moral of the story that I'm getting is that just control what is in your control, do what you can about that. And with, you know, with the extent of your knowledge of whatever you can manage and control, and let go of things that you just cannot because it's just too much. It's overwhelming. You want that brain space available for other innovative, creative thinking for yourself so you can create the life that you want and live the way that you want.
1: Uh, you're so right, Sima. I totally agree with you that, uh, yeah, you can only do so much. And yes, this is the world we live in. And there's also that next step up of having compassion for other human beings. It's just lifting up. And that's hard because, you know, we feel personally violated and personally um, harassed or whatever. But, you know, everybody is doing the best they can based on their own biography on your exactly. own, own exactly. things that they're dealing with and have love and compassion. That's ultimately, you know, the higher level that we're, we're going for.
0: Yeah. And, and to even extend that, i I lead a meditation every week, Monday through Friday called loving kindness. And part of that is blessing the world and blessing those who are having a difficult time. And that is so powerful and makes you um, even more grounded and more compassionate. And that has helped tremendously during this time. I think oh. that when you do that sort of thing, you're
1: actually helping your, to, to develop your own positive energy. When you yes. do that kind of sending out healing or sending out love to the world, that you're, you're strengthening those muscles, those um, mental muscles
0: and emotional and spiritual muscles. Definitely, definitely. Now, Michelle, what is the best way to prepare for the changes in social distance rules after the pandemic?
1: Being ready to be resilient and nimble. In fact, we should be that way all the time. Life is changing very rapidly now, way faster than it was uh, 50 years ago. Therefore, we have to develop our capacity to be uh, resilient and nimble. That means learning some of the skills I talked about with allowing the emotions. And the other the other thing that I encourage people to do is to practice, do a practice I call out of the box. That is to do something that you don't normally do every day. Something different that you don't do because that that actually stimulates the uh, neural nets in your mind. And it helps you to become more resilient to think differently. It's when we do the same thing over and over again, repetitively, that, that our minds shut down, you know, because they're on automatic pilot. But when you do something different, like you take a, you take a walk and you go a different direction, or you're getting up in the morning and you put your clothing on and you put it on opposite. You know, you, you use your first your left leg first before your right. Or uh, one of the, my clients said, "Oh, she she would brush her teeth with one foot and her other hand." <laughs> well, you try brushing your teeth with your other hand, and you'll, yeah, that that develops it develops new neural nets in your brain. So that it seems silly, but it actually does help your resilience, help your ability to adapt when you try out new things, instead of always being in a, in a rut. And it actually
0: stimulates creativity as well. Not to mention it adds more variety in your life and you're changing the pattern. So it's, you know, it gets you to think differently. Well, if you wanna take
1: it a little bit more, do something that you're uncomfortable doing. So I remember the first time I practiced this, I did all my Facebook lives in my office here. And then I decided I was going to try and do it in the park with my cell phone. And eventually I also took a little one of those selfie sticks. And the first time it was like, "Ah, I can't believe this. And then, you know, I'm walking along with my selfie stick and I'm talking and you can do it. And And I didn't have a script and I was just talking and, and eventually that became, oh yeah, I can do this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I used to feel that way too about podcasting. It's like, what am I going to say? How am I going to fill the gaps? How is it going to be. And now it's like, before I used to study everyone's information, what are they doing and everything a lot. And now it's, it's just, it comes naturally. So You're probably just, doing
1: something else five minutes before you come on. Exactly.
0: It's it's just a matter of practice and just getting confident. And you know what? If you make a mistake, you make a mistake. You're that's called being human. And I think we're just so pressurizing ourselves to be perfect in every way that we end up not taking those chances. We end up not. Trying something new and you don't have to worry about that. Just do it and it'll come. And people appreciate that you're human and you're having that because it allows them to be human too. Uh,
1: very true. Very true. And one of, the, one of the other things that I noticed, like this morning, I, I had uh my um Healers uh connection show and I ran into a problem with Facebook. Uh, I'm sure everybody is running into problems, with the Facebook, yeah. but anyway, it wouldn't let me do anything in my Facebook and, and I couldn't even find it. I couldn't find this group. It was a private group and I couldn't find it. And I was supposed to do, uh, I was going to stream on that in that group and Zoom wouldn't let me do it. And I finally, I just went out and walked. Sometimes you just need to change your environment, get yeah. out there into nature and it will really
0: help to shift things. And I also give this example, Michelle, you know, dogs are very good at this, dogs and animals. They just shake things off. They just shake themselves. So if you can't go and you can't change environment at that time, just give yourself a good shake (laughs) and you release that energy and get back to what you were doing or, or just step away for a few minutes and then try it again. That's a really good one too. Yes. I like that. Well, I have had such a great pleasure speaking to you today, Michelle. It was very enlightening. I got some tips for myself too. And uh, I know the listeners have as well. Do you have any one step or one um, idea that our listeners can implement right away to help them manage the changes that they're going through right now in post-COVID? Yes. Well, I have a gift. And it's a sort of a
1: meditation, body scan, body awareness exercise. And you can get that at www.releaseandthrive.com. You have to fill in your information and then you get access to a downloadable audio. And you can listen to that. And that will teach you how to pay more attention to your body and listen in and see where the blocks are in your body. And that's very helpful. And the other thing I wanted to offer you listeners is that I'm doing this Healers Connection Zoom series twice a month. And if you go to healersconnection.com, www.healersconnection.com, you'll be taken to a page. You can read about it, see if it's going to resonate with you and register. And once you register, you have access to all the previous recordings and you have- You get told when the next event is, and it's twice a month, and I have amazing people, maybe even Seema, coming on the show to tell you about their particular healing magic. So today I had a woman who talked about feng shui. No, 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 it wasn't feng shui. It was uh, qigong. Welcome, uh, Shigang. and it was whoa, what amazing! What an amazing practice! So, you can get a lot of tips and you can really meet a lot of amazing people.
0: Wow, those sound like perfect gifts! Thank you so much for your open heart and sharing that with everyone. I'm sure that's going to be very helpful in their healing journey and managing COVID, COVID stress. Well, thank you so much once again, Michelle.
1: You're very welcome, Seaman. Thank you very much for inviting me on your stage. It was
0: a pleasure. So, listeners, I hope you had a great time listening to us and got some valuable inputs that you can use immediately. And until next time, this is Seema. Thank you for joining us for this interview. I hope you've gained some insights and or tips that you can implement right away. For more interviews like this, please visit us at simagiri.com or visit our YouTube channel, Break Free to Brilliance with Simagiri Until next time, have a great day.